Pastor Henry Harder, the Renewal Singers, and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 5 and to our study on our Lord's first major discourse, the Sermon on the Mount. We are still in the opening verses of this message in the section known as the Beatitudes, and we move on today to verses 5 and 6. As was stated on our previous study, taken from verses 3 and 4 of this fifth chapter, the same thoughts expressed in the Beatitudes can be found elsewhere in the scriptures. Now, here in today's verses, Jesus tells us that, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's verse 5. And blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's verse 6. Now, these same thoughts are expressed in Psalm chapter 37. Here are verses 9 to 13, and David writes, For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Now, let's face it. The meek are not inheriting the earth in the day in which we are living. I think that that is quite obvious. So, apparently, the Sermon on the Mount is not in effect today. However, when Christ returns and sets up his reign here on earth, the meek will inherit the earth. So, just how do we become meek? Our Lord was meek and lowly, and he will inherit all things. We are the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are told that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, and meekness. So, only the Spirit of God can break you and make you meek. If you could produce meekness by yourself, by your own power, you would be proud. And, of course, that would take care of your meekness. Meekness is not produced by self-effort, but by spirit effort. Only the Holy Spirit can produce meekness in the heart of a yielded Christian. The Beatitudes present goals which the child of God wants to realize in his own life, but he cannot do it in his own power. Now, here are verses 5 and 6, and Matthew writes, The meek and lowly are fortunate, for the whole wide world belongs to them. Happy are those who long to be just and good, for they shall be completely satisfied. Speak. 
Now, in looking at verse 6, we might ask the question, does the natural man hunger and thirst after righteousness? In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul gives the answer, and here's what he writes. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we see that the natural man is in contrast to the spiritual man who has found that Christ is his righteousness, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians one thirty, For it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Jesus once said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In this series on the Gospel of Matthew, the first of the New Testament books, I come today to chapter 5, verse 5, the third of the Beatitudes in Jesus' message to his followers on that beautiful Galilean hillside. Blessed, or fortunate, or happy, are the meek. That word for meek, which Matthew used, is difficult to translate into English. Perhaps gentleness, with all its implications, might be closest. It includes humbleness, absence of pretension, self-control, teachableness, and many other things. Sometimes we can learn more about a word by looking at its opposites. The word meek does not mean to be spineless, harsh, tyrannical, overly aggressive to the hurt of others. It does not include hatred, unleashed or uncontrolled anger, unteachableness, nor pride. I once had a student who was not meek. He would have been an excellent student if he hadn't already been convinced that he knew it all. I could not teach him. He was unteachable. To the Greeks in Jesus' day, the word meek meant weakness. It meant that such a person was submissive to any and every insult. It meant to be a milk toast. That, of course, was not what Jesus had in mind. Moses is called the meekest or humblest man. In Numbers 12, 3, it is written that Moses was a very humble man. 
more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Moses was meek, but he was aggressive, and Moses got angry. He certainly was not a weak sissy, but he was self-controlled, and that's a mark of gentleness. Jesus was meek and humble. Matthew records Jesus as saying, Learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. Well, blessed are the meek, Jesus said. But what did he mean by the words, For they shall inherit the earth? Perhaps when Matthew wrote this third beatitude, he had David's words from Psalm 37:11 in mind. David wrote, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Psalm 37 was recognized as messianic, even in Jesus' time by the Jews. I have no doubt that David had the physical land in mind when he wrote those words in Psalm 37. The land was their inheritance. But final and permanent possession of the land would come only after Israel's conversion. That there will come a time when Israel shall, as Ezekiel put it, know that I am the Lord. That prophet used those words over and over in chapters 37 to 39. That Israel will one day possess the Holy Land from the Euphrates in the north to the river of Egypt in the south is clear from Scripture. But when Jesus wrote that third beatitude, he must have had more in mind than just Israel's inheritance of the land. I believe that Jesus looked further into the future, to the renewal of all things, as Matthew records those words of Jesus in chapter 19:28. While the literal messianic kingdom of our Lord will be established, and will at first include the Holy Land. It will, as its final consummation, include the whole earth. That will really be the kingdom of heaven on earth, when the earth will be renewed or made new, when all traces of sin will be removed from this planet. That will be the utopia of which so many of the Bible writers speak. Having read these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, and having spoken about them for a few minutes, I must say I wish my mind could really fathom what all Jesus meant. There must have been a great deal more than what I have even alluded to today. Statement number five reads, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Chapter 5, verse 6. Perhaps Jesus is saying that those who hunger for justification will find salvation. I want to believe that to be true, that everyone who honestly wants to be saved and doesn't know the way will find it. I know the problems, but I want to believe that God will reveal sufficient truth to an honest, serious seeker so that such a person will someday be with Christ. Or perhaps Jesus is referring in this beatitude to justice in a broader sense to social justice. Every follower of Christ should hunger for justice. Or, perhaps Jesus is referring to the coming kingdom of Christ when justice will prevail without fail. Man has wanted that kind of kingdom ever since sin came into the human race. But that dream has always eluded man, but it is coming. Universal righteousness will one day come to our globe when our Lord returns 
and establishes his righteous reign. Jesus shall reign production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.